Hello and thanks for your company for Two News, the podcast. Brought to you uh, during the footy season by the Newcastle Herald and our major sponsor, West Group. I'm Barry Tuin, back on deck after being rested by the coach last week to get over a few niggling injuries. <laughs> <laughs> is the... Uh, is the Cavalier of Cyberspace <laughs> and the Rambo of the radio waves. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for those to uh, Mark Lydiard, who's emailed in, actually. Simon, one of your fans. Hey, Mark. Simon McCarthy. How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm good, Vass. I'm scrambling a bit to get back on top of everything, but we're getting there. A big thanks. <laughs> a, a big thanks while we're here to uh, Lucinda, Lucinda Garbutt-Young, who filled in. So, admirable. What's that word? Admir- 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 yeah. That one. I know the one that you're yeah. talking about, the one that means I'm out of a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much for making it look so easy. <laughs> uh, she did a, but you were actually missed. Really? You were. Oh, that's nice. So much so that um, I had this question posed to me on Twitter <laughs> from uh, from Matt. I think it was Matt and Kidder Clark were the ones that uh, posed oh. the question. Hey, guys. Here it is. Okay. Did the Bradman best of the buttons <laughs> have last week off because he couldn't face Piercy again? Look. Ah. Yeah. Now, so just to put some context of this <laughs> and well pointed out Matt because I yep. didn't I yep. didn't um, yep. I didn't pick this up either but we did talk about this the yeah. fact that when we had Piercy on I don't know two years ago whenever it was when he and first went, came here yeah. and we got 20 minutes into the interview and you realised that you know the <laughs> oh, Bradman best oh no. of buttons had, oh no. hadn't <laughs> And hadn't pressed them. <laughs> hadn't pressed them at all, and yeah. we had to redo it. Had to redo so the So Matt's thing. decided yeah. that, okay, yeah. you were too embarrassed to come in last week because well, Piercy yeah. might have remembered. I, I will admit, um, guys, that uh, I did skip town. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you heard we were getting Piercy on again. Right? Yeah, I was, oh, no, I'm out. I've got to go. <laughs> Good on you, Matt and Kidder. That was uh, well pointed out. I'm very happy that you did that, actually. It had to be Piercy too, didn't it? The, the week that I – yeah, it had to be – yeah, couldn't couldn't have been anybody else. The no. Brad, the Bradman no. best of buttons. <laughs> of, of the buttons. What a beauty. Okay. Well, we can laugh and and uh, do all that and have a bit of a chuckle, but um, not a whole heap to laugh about this week given uh, no. the, the, the Knights men, and I will stress the men – the NRL team are now out of contention, out of, out of premiership contention after a uh, 40 to 10 loss to the Warriors over there in New Zealand. Now, we knew it was going to be difficult. No Jackson Hastings, no Lachlan Fitzgibbon. Uh, the team lost Daniel Safiti uh, before the game um, over there in front of 26,000 or whatever it was, 25,000, full house there at... Um, at their home stadium, and it was always going to be tough. But um, probably the 40 to 10 scoreline, we didn't really think, we, you know, even if you weren't confident the Knights were going to win, you, we were pretty hopeful it wasn't going to be a blowout. And it turned out to be a little bit of a blowout. 16 nil after 15 minutes didn't help. Um, anyway, that's the end of the section for the Knights in the men's. And look, it was a fantastic season, and the scoreline and the result last week in no way takes away from uh, the 10-game winning streak the Knights had to make the semis in the first place. But uh, now it's all about um, building on what they've done at the back end of this season. I feel like I have to kind of apologise. I did a story last week about a kid called uh, Finn German, Mm -hmm. um, who's a young bloke, mad Knights fan, loves Caelan Ponga. um, And for the last 10 
wins. He'd been wearing his um, Kalen Ponga headgear, mm. wore it to a wedding, wore it everywhere. If the game was on, he had the headgear on. Mm. It's been signed. He's like, "That's this is a lucky charm. This is what's going to get him through. I wrote about him and I feel like maybe I might have jinxed it. Yeah, jinxed it, yeah. yeah. Well, what a surprise. Sorry, Finn. Hey? <laughs> Radman best of the button. <laughs> Strikes again. Strikes again. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, there was. there's a lot to be um, happy about if you're a Knights fan, um, given that run and... and and making it through the first week of the playoffs. But in hindsight, probably that 90-minute game against – and a very physical game against the uh, the Canberra Raiders at home, a lot of emotion, um, probably sapped a bit of the energy out of the team, I would imagine, plus a few injuries early in the game. Phoenix Crosland, I think Tyson Frizzell, who I thought was outstanding for the Knights, he, he was uh, hampered by injury as well. Um, that didn't sort of help the Knights' cause – um, but we'll talk about a little bit more about that, obviously, with our guest very shortly. But um, let's not forget that even though the men are out, the girls are still there. The women are still there. Uh, minor premiers chasing back-to-back titles, and they're hosting the Brisbane Broncos on Sunday in the preliminary final. The winner to go into the grand final to meet either the Roosters or the Gold Coast, who are playing in the other preliminary final on Sunday. Now, uh, well, best of luck, obviously, to Ronnie Griffiths, the coach, and his team on Sunday. Hopefully, they'll get a big crowd there to support them. The last time we played the Broncos, which was in Newcastle as well, um, Newcastle were down 16, I think it was 16-4 with 12 minutes to go, and um, fought their way back and... Jesse Southwell kicked a conversion right on full time to to win the game by two points. Um, yeah, so it'll be it'll be a real battle because uh, the Broncos have been playing well. They won well last week. They'll be confident. They they know what they can do after uh, getting that lead, as I said in that uh, previous game. So won't be easy for the Knights girls, but hopefully um, they can get through and and qualify for that grand final and and defend their title um, down in Sydney. That's the plan anyway. Okay, well, we've got a bumper, as you would imagine, um, Twitter mailbag. But after this, we're going to be talking to a former Knights player who was probably the only former Knights player who was celebrating, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Last weekend, uh, we'll be talking to Mitch Barnett after this. We're recording this. There he is. Renault. Hey, Phil. Hey, Bess. Are we on? Are we recording? You're ready for us, are you? Well, mate, if you're ready, we can call me back. Oh, we are sort of recording, but I've got a little intro to read first before... Uh... Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess this week, Knights prop, Daniel Safidi, Nathan Ross, Jared Mullen, Anthony Seabold, Jaden Braley. It's a great privilege to have uh, Tim Zhu, Mark Hughes. Hello, Hughesy. Mitchell Pearce. The greatest knight of all time. Paul Harrigan, good morning. Kurt Gidley, welcome to the podcast, kids. The one and only Kirk Reynoldson. Hello, Renner. Mate, I've been waiting my whole life for this, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our guest today, as I've already alluded to, he's he was the uh, the only ex-knight, I reckon, who was happy last weekend um, because his team, the New Zealand Warriors, have kicked on and, and, and taken Newcastle out. I've now got the Brisbane Broncos in a sudden death prelim final in Brisbane on Saturday night. Mitch Barnett, welcome to the show, mate. 
Buzz, thanks for having me, mate. How you going? Very well. I'm I'm sure you're going pretty well too, eh? Yeah, obviously. Um, life's good at the moment. Um, had a good win on the weekend and um, lived to fight another day. So, um, as you said, got a game on Saturday night against the Broncos and looking forward to it. Well, mate, this is your first year. Um, first year in New Zealand, first year at the Warriors after uh, hundred and I think 126 NRL games you played for the Knights between what 2016 and 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 last year. Um, yep. I'm, I'm presuming that the move's been fantastic for you, given given that um, a, l- a lot of people thought that the Warriors would probably finish in the bottom four, and here you are finishing in the top four and only a game away from a grand final. So. Tell, tell us about New Zealand and the move and and also what it's like at the moment over there. Yeah, obviously winning um, helps everything, Buzz. But, um, yeah, life's sort of been good. With, um, you know, it started uh, back in October last year, moved over, and, um, yeah, we knuckled down and um, had a really good pre-season and then obviously had a pretty good start to the season, which set our year up. Um, and had a strong back end of the year. And, um, yeah, not too many people tipped us to finish where we did. And, um, you know, we've proved a lot of people wrong. But, um, yeah, we've got a um, big challenge at the moment. And um, everyone sort of jumped on and supporting us. And uh, you've probably seen up the wires everywhere over the uh, social media side of things. And, um yeah, we're just um, riding the wave at the moment. Um, yeah, hopefully we can um, put a good performance in Saturday night and do something. Well, you you, you originally signed over there, I, I would imagine, because of the security. You got a three-year deal over there. Um, but at the time, um, your ex-Knights coach, Nathan Brown, was going to be coaching the Warriors when you signed. So obviously um, he pulled the pin Um uh, last year, uh, which probably sent a few shockwaves through you, I guess. But um, Andrew Webster has come in as a, you know, a first-time NRL coach and and is now going to win the Dally M Coach of the Year, had a, had a fantastic season. What sort of an influence has he been on, on the place? Yeah, Webster's been massive. Um, Buzz, he's, um, he's just got a good grip of, or a good understanding of the playing group we've got. Um, he delivers uh, very direct messages um, and yeah he's just got a good understanding of I think what we need as a team uh, from a coach so he's been he's been in New Zealand before he understands uh, the fans and the club itself um, he's obviously been in a successful club and had success at Penrith uh, as well so he, he brings that experience but um, he's been massive not just for me, but for a lot of other boys at the club and the team altogether. He's, um, yeah, he's really helped my game. Well, he's, he's worked out that you're probably a little bit slower than you used to be because he's moved you into the front row, mate. I think I look all right there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that was just sort of a conversation we had from the first day I got here, I think. Um, and he sort of just told me that I was going to have a role there if I was open to it um, he didn't it wasn't you know if I wasn't happy with it he was you know he would have done what I wanted but when he sort of 
told me about the role and the role that I'd play. Um, I felt like I was still, you know, going to be in a worthy spot for the team. And um, so I jumped at the opportunity and um, haven't had the year I wanted to have. But when I've been on the field, um, I've been pretty happy with my performances. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about that shortly. Uh, Tohu Harris, obviously, been playing playing lock all the year, your captain, and I, I don't know that there's a better first receiver ball playing forward in the comp than than him this year. No, yeah, he's uh, Tohu's. Obviously, he's got the runs on the ball, but you know, people sort of his toughness is just um, whatever every person should strive to have. I mean, he's beat up every week and he comes out there and he plays 80 minutes in the middle and, you know, he's a true leader. Um, he's a great teammate and a great person off the field. So he's um, he's a great person to have uh, lead your club and, you know, we all love following him. What about the rest of the boys, mate? Tell us a bit about the rest of the boys. Obviously, um, there were quite a few people, including high-profile people, suggesting that Sean Johnson should retire at the end of last season. He had a couple of pretty average seasons, probably away from home, I guess. But he's 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 come back this year and he's he's arguably been the best player in the comp. Um, Adam Fanua Blake, another one who's probably the best front rower in the game. Um, yep. um, overall, Wade Egan's another one who just um, has been outstanding for you. I mean, all, right across the park, there's been some, uh, you know, some high quality performers, and you've got to have that bit to to finish where you finished in the comp and be challenging for a grand final spot. But what what what's it like over there? What what are the guys like at training? Is it is it similar to to Newcastle? Is it very close knit uh, bunch of boys? Yeah, it's um it's a little different um, to what I'm used to, to be honest, Baz. Um, the boys here, there's so many different. Um, backgrounds and that um but we are a very close tight-knit group um you know we uh, probably don't hang out as much as what we did with the boys in newcastle or outside of footy but around footy it's um yeah it's just as close if not closer sort of group um but yeah like you said about sean and adam when you've got your big guns playing well um and blokes around them it, it lifts them um and that sort of well, your big guns, you know, determine basically the results of games. And well, if you look at Sean's um, game this year, he's not coming up with the brilliant, you know, stepping five people running the length of the field. It's been his kicking game and his defence that he sort of hung his hat on this year. And um, it's a bit of yin and yang for our side at the moment. Other boys' strengths, you know, sort of match what other boys, I guess, weaknesses are and everyone's just working hard for each other and um, it's whatever we're doing, the formulas work for us this year and um, yeah, hopefully we can um, you know, do something pretty special. So if, you, if you're not hanging out with each other outside of footy, who are you having all your coffees with over there? Yeah, oh, they, we they definitely do hang out, uh, but look, yeah, Bailey Steering and Wade Egan, those sort of guys, Adam hang out with, but um, yeah, she's a bit like Auckland's a bit different sort of place compared to Newey. Like everyone's five minutes from each other at Newey, but some boys can be at least half hour away depending on traffic um, here in Auckland. So, um, and yeah, I don't sort of you now I've got the young fella. He keeps me pretty busy, so I don't have as much time on my hands to go to the pub or whatnot like I was doing in Newey, Baz. 
<laughs> You're getting older too, mate, so that's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Plus, so growing plus, up, hopefully. Plus, it's bloody too dear over there to be doing too much spending money. Oh, you're not. Hey? $10 a schooner over here, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's ridiculous. Well, it's nearly $3 a litre of petrol too, isn't it, over there? And I, yeah, I, when I went yeah. over When I went over there, we had coffee over there, and you made me pay too, if I remember rightly, But um, earlier in the season. Yeah. But it was, um, yeah, the expense of living there, yeah, you'd – I'm glad you signed that bumper deal you signed because you you need it to live over there. Jeez, the first coffee you've ever shouted and you won't let that go, <laughs> will you? Uh, <laughs> but, I, think, uh, I think you had one no, of the most expensive meals on the menu, if I remember rightly. Thank you very much. Yeah, I know you wouldn't let me get away with that either. But, uh, <laughs> no, yeah it's, uh, yeah, it's a bit different, obviously, the price of things and all that sort of stuff, Baz, but... Um, yeah, at the end of the day, it all sort of evens itself out, I guess, somewhere. Um, but, yeah, well, we're still enjoying it here. Like, now we're starting to get some warmer weather and that sort of stuff. Uh, being able to do a lot more and, um, yeah, when we get our spare time, we, um, yeah, get out and um, go see sort of the surroundings of New Zealand, I guess, or Auckland. So, um, yeah, it's been good so far. So the the family, your wife, Claire, and that young, young bloke, they're getting getting used to it or got used to it? Yeah, so it's um yeah, Claire and Ada we're uh, we're used to it. It's um yeah, it, you know, it's not forever, like we'll do our deal here and then see what happens. Um you know, whether we go again or whatnot, I'll be thirty one when I come off here, so um uh, but yeah, that's sort of a couple of years away and hopefully, yeah, we can just uh, win as many games as possible between now and then and um yeah, just um, keep enjoying footy. Well, mate, you you mentioned um, you haven't had probably had the year that you wanted to have, uh, even though hopefully it'll finish um, better than you expected. But and you're obviously referring to the fact I think you missed eleven eleven games earlier in the season. I think you played the first three. Um, yeah, got injured against the the North Queensland Cowboys. It was actually a former teammate of yours. Uh, Gamut Shibasaki, who accidentally got you in a in a um, crusher tackle. Um, yeah. You had the issues with your neck before. You had the surgery, the fusion surgery, back in two thousand and twenty, I think it was. Um, when you're at yep. the when you're at the Knights. Um, yeah, eleven weeks out. Lots of uh, speculation about your future, and I I know you've spoken about it before, but I know that um, certainly medical retirement was seriously spoken about at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was It was a bit of a weird sort of one, but I didn't really know what was going on, and it took um, a heap of scans and appointments and stuff to sort of work out what was going on. Um, but, yeah, basically um, sort of... Without sort of going into too much detail, I'll have to sort of um, get the neck done again at some stage. Um, it's just a pain management issue at the moment. Um, and, you know, for four, four days of the week, I feel really good. And then I play a game and then it sets me back. And, um, yeah, the post-game, I sort of just become in a fair bit of pain. But um, it's very manageable at the moment. Um, you know, my neck's stable and I'm safe to play rugby league. And, that's all I needed to hear to sort of keep going. But, um, yeah, I had a sort of a lot of different messages or whatnot um, along the way um, until sort of we finally got to the bottom of what was happening. 
and um, yeah, now got a clear clear plan of I guess what the future will look like for me. Um, but yeah, at the moment, um, you know, I'm getting through, and um, it helps when you're winning. So I'm, I'm presuming there might have been a a specialist out there, or a specialist or two out there that was suggesting that you should give the game away. Yeah, so um, yeah, spoken to. I don't know, yeah, three, I think it was. Um, and, yeah, like even a spe- the specialist uh, that did me neck back in 2020, you know, I think he was offering it back then. But, um, yeah, it's um, only because it's your neck. It's not your knee or whatnot. Yeah, it's, um, pretty important. It's such a serious, yeah, serious thing. And, um, yeah, a lot of people probably don't realise, but um, when I first did it, it was pretty serious, um, losing sort of, well, you lost your feeling, feeling and, right yeah, arm. yeah, yeah. So a lot of people probably didn't, don't really know a certain extent of it, and um, yeah, it's not something I sort of talk too much about or whatnot. But um, yeah, it just is what it is. But um, yeah, so it's uh, now I've got a clear plan. I'm a lot clearer in the head, and um, yeah, definitely looking to. Well, I'm obviously playing on now, but um, yeah, that's definitely sort of out of the picture at the moment. So you you um have going to have some more fusion surgery is that what similar to what you had before yeah we're still that's the only thing where oh, it looks it's looking that way at the moment as post-season and yeah. um, i'll get something done but it's just we're not we're not entirely sure just yet on what we're going to do there's probably um there's probably three or four options we can go down um surgery is one of them but you know not having surgery is also another one um but yeah, we'll just cross the that bridge when I get there. Just at the moment, I'm just focusing on footy and the season ahead um, that we got. We obviously got an important game this weekend, but yeah, whatever happens um, post season, we'll just sort of see. But it's not troubling me at the moment too much. It's like I said, a couple of days post the game, pretty sore, but um, it, you know, I sort of bounce back pretty well, um, and you know, I definitely get up for games. I don't. I don't think you can tell that um, I've had a sore neck when I play. I play. No, you don't. Um, mate. You don't look like you're yeah. carrying anything. Although, what about mentally? I guess is that is that a, as much a part of it as the physical side of it? You're sort of worrying, I guess, at times that um, you know you may you may play one too many games with it, or is that not not a concern for you? No. So the specialist said everything was stable. Two or three of them, specific everything was um, stable, and um, you know they all cleared me to play, uh, cleared me to go back to contact. So I definitely trust all of them. And then it might have like the mental side of it when I first started, when I first come back was a little, um, I don't know, a bit gun shy or whatnot. Yeah. But uh, once I started getting back into the contact and that sort of stuff, I knew um, what was going on, and um, yeah, it definitely went pretty quick. I haven't. Like I said, I it's I played you know ten sort of plus games with it now, um, and yeah, hasn't haven't really had any dramas. I've been I've actually had a couple of crusher tackles put on me and been put in some awkward positions since then, um, yep. and yeah, got through them fine. So um, mentally, yeah, I'm, I'm in a very good place with it. I guess it gets you out of probably gets you out of a tough training session too, does it? This early <laughs> early in the week. It's got me out of a couple earlier in the week, but um, you and I Sean, don't mind doing me. 
You so, and Sean yeah, Johnson together in the pool or something, are you? Or? Yeah, that was today. Um, but, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I do my first year. Um, uh, tough train. You still need to get that done, Baz. Um, and I always said if it does affect my training um, too much, then I would look at getting something done. But at this stage, it's not affecting my training. Um, yeah, I've got a pretty good sort of routine, uh, post-game routine worked out, and um, it's working at the moment, so I'm just sticking with that. Tell, tell me about um, playing the Knights last weekend in that game. I, I mean, <clears throat> neither team at the start of the season probably would have envisaged uh, um, being being there, but also for yep. you, for yourself, actually coming up against your teammates. I know you'd played them in the first round, but mm-hmm. in, a, in an important game like that, um, it must have been a bit surreal, I guess. It was, was it, or is you, are you um, conditioned to that now? Uh, yeah, it was a little bit. It, it was a bit different. Yeah, um, look, it was definitely a game. Obviously, the nature of it. Um, how like his elimination semi, I wanted to win, but you know, I'm not going to lie. I was sort of playing against an old club that um, I was at last year. Um, definitely, um, you know, wanted to win even more. Um, and a sort of a bit of sweet moment, I guess. Um, like I said, I getting the win was awesome and love winning and really enjoyed the victory. It was a hard earned win for us and we put a real good performance in, but you know, I got to celebrate my teammates, but then, um, you know, afterwards when you see the face on some of my close mates as well that I've been around for years and, you know, I've known some of them, you know, more than 10 years, um, in their face and disappointment it was just it was a bit of a funny sort of feeling um, you know I felt bad for them but yeah at the end of the day I'd prefer to win and um, you know experience what I experienced and what they did but like you said at the start of the year no one tipped us to uh, us two to be where we were and um, yeah it's you know, it was good to see both. You know, both teams out there. We both deserved to be where we were, and um, yeah, I was just grateful we got the win. Um, played well in front of a home crowd. I mean, you guys have been ultra consistent and have been up there all season. But the Knights, you know, halfway during the year, or even further than halfway during the year, were were looking like um, bottom four. So I guess looking from over there at what they did to win ten in a row, you would have been. I guess happy and and what what were your feelings about how how well they sort of got their act together? Yeah, I was just happy for my like my close mates and that that I'm still friends with there because um, I've obviously I've experienced some good years at Newcastle and experienced some obviously really poor ones and I didn't sort of want my mates to go through um, another poor season. Yeah, um, especially because. I know how hard every rugby league player, professional rugby league player works. That's like we all, yeah. it doesn't matter what club you're at, you all train hard, you know, summer in the preseason, everyone does like a camp or an army camp or whatnot. And we all train hard. Um, and yeah, you know, to go train hard and not get a reward out of it, it's, um, it's sort of a pain. But um, yeah, so I sort of, I wanted my mates to do well, but, I didn't want him to do well at my expense either. Um, <laughs> no. so, Fair uh, enough, too. Like I said, I was very grateful to get the win. Um, and, 
Yeah, we, you know, like I said, we both teams deserve to be where they were, and I think on the night we deserve to get the win. And um, yeah, it's um, hopefully, you know, we can, you know, go another step further and um, get a win this weekend. Was there any banter at all? Um, no, it's not really. I Come on, you're you're a sledger from way back, Barney. I know that. I'm no good on the hey? sledge. I, I got you? bad calm. Every every time I sledge, um, like. Some, someone or something, something bad happens to my team. I think I said something to Jacob Safidi and um, we dropped the ball off the scrum. So I just said, oh, it's calm. So I don't say too much. But, um, yeah, it's hard. when you're in the middle, you just got to focus on getting your job done properly, Baz. And if you put a target on your head, people come after you. So I just sort of try and, yeah, nail my role. And, yeah, I leave the talking for all the... Yeah, the show ponies. <laughs> well, I know, um, I know, Fitzy's one of your best mates, and you would have been filthy that he wasn't playing, so you could have got a chance to bash him one last time before he goes to England. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, not only that, I, uh, I actually thought Fitz has had one of his best years yeah. too, and uh, I was just sad to see him sort of end that way. Yep. Um, like he, yeah, he'd like I said, I think. The Knights are really going to miss him. Um, to be fair, Baz, I think he what he does for that left edge and KP and his leadership, um, they've really enjoyed having that, you know, for the most part of the year. And um, yeah, you can. I just sort of, I was, yeah, just felt bad for him. That's how it was going to end. But at least he got to finish, you know, with a win at home and yeah, um, in front of that crowd. It was awesome there. So. Uh, you know, he'll go on to a new adventure and, um, yeah, very happy that him and Soph get to, yeah, go create some new, new memories. Well, you'll have somewhere to go for a holiday, mate. It won't cost you too much as well. That's another good part of... Yeah, it's nearly booked already, so we just, um, <laughs> we're just planned out. But, yeah, we'll, um, yeah, that's definitely a holiday destination for us, that's for sure. Very good. What, mate, tell us about not too many teams, particularly in the last, as I mentioned, the last probably... T- two to three months, not too many teams have been able to contain Newcastle's back five like you did the other day. I mean, KP's been in just unbelievable form and so are the wingers and, and even Gags and, and Brady in the centres. But uh, basically, apart from that one try in the first half, you guys never, or they never got an opportunity, basically. Uh, no mm. space. Um, how much of the game plan was focused or how much of the of the you know, that week leading into the game was focused on keeping that, you know, those five players in particular, obviously, Kalen Ponga, quiet. Yeah, look, um, when you do sort of preview on that, uh, on any side, you identify what what you think will work and, you know, what won't work, I guess. And, um, yeah, it's pretty easy with Newcastle. They're back five, like, if you look at their wingers, they're always running 150-plus metres, you know, Gags has been a handful, and Braddy obviously had his best year to date, uh, played Origin and that. And then KP, since coming back from the head knocks, he's been untouchable. So for us, it was just about winning the field position battle and uh, doing it for long periods of time. Um, that was sort of our main goal. But yeah, once you sort of do that, you got the forwards like Jacob Safidi and I think Leo Thompson's been terrific for him this year. Um, we knew we'd still have to do a job on them. Um, and, yeah, so 
it was just sort of winning the field position battle and um yeah we were able to give them the ball in bad spots and um defend well and be disciplined well i presume that's the same tactics you're going to take into um suncorp stadium on saturday against the broncos because they're they're obviously a a quick dangerous sort of very mobile forwards and and some dangerous uh backs um and given given the space and the field position, as you as you mentioned, they're going to be a handful. So, do you change much? Um, yeah, look, not not massive. We've we've got our like our DNA that we um, sort of have. Um, we've we've sorry, not sort of. We've had all year. Mm. Um, so we've got our DNA, and we think that that holds up um, against all teams. And um, you know, you tweak a few little things um but yeah the the sort of game itself nowadays i believe sort of pretty simple you know you win the possession and field position battles um you know it puts you in a good stead of winning the game but you know if you're not going to hold the ball and defend well uh, it's pretty hard to uh win a game so um at the end of the day it's yeah it's a simple game it's just whoever's willing to do it the best and for longer periods on the night what about over there, mate? The 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 fans and and the support. I, I I would imagine that from the start of the season, probably nothing like it is now, given the the success you've had and everyone sort of jumps on the bandwagon. But is it is it been? I, I mean, you've had sellout crowds for ages um, over there, so yeah. it, it must feel a little bit like Newcastle in that respect. Just the support you've had. Yeah, yeah. This is. Um no disrespect to Newcastle or anything like that, but the other night I haven't heard anything like that before. That was probably hands down the crowd, best crowd I've ever played in front of. Um, well, you weren't here for the Canberra game, mate, unfortunately, so you missed out. Nah, on yeah, but I've the, seen that, and that looked, that looked awesome too. So, yeah. uh, and TV doesn't sort of do it justice, nah. as you probably know, but it's like it's, um, yeah, so um, I imagine it would have been very similar. It was... Um, yeah, it was a great atmosphere. Um, you know, the fans are getting right behind us. And, um, yeah, like I said, winning helps everything. And, um, yeah, we're just um, we're enjoying it at the moment. And, um, yeah, like I said, hopefully it's not for nothing and we can do something. Well, mate, it's a, it's a long way um, divorced from, you know, back in 2016 and 17 when, when you were here and the team was struggling to win a game. Um to be, to be able to be one game away from a grand final now, um, it's you know it's I'm, I'm sure it's you, well you'll be um, pinching yourself I would imagine because um, yeah the, the the tough stuff that you had to go through and your teammates back in the day um, when Newcastle was rebuilding to to getting to a game away from the grand final now is that you know it's a, it's miles apart so all the best um, all the best on Saturday. Uh, I think Newcastle, whole on Newcastle. Anyone that's not a Broncos supporter or a Penrith supporter, I think, has jumped on the the Wars bandwagon. So <laughs> there'll be plenty of Newcastle people um, hoping you in particular, but also the team um, can you know get rid of the Broncos and and go all the way and and hopefully beat either either Penrith or Melbourne in the grand final. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Well, thanks, Baz. And yeah, hopefully we can do something. I mean, it's going to be. Yeah, tough game this weekend, but um, yeah, looking forward to the challenge. And you never know, whoever turns up on the night, um, we'll see how we go. But yeah, we'll be ready. And um, 
yeah, look forward to the challenge. So appreciate your time. Good on you, buddy. I appreciate your time, mate, and, and best of luck. Beautiful. Thanks, Buzz. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks, Barney. See you, mate. There he is, Mitch Barnett. Um, yeah, look, I, I, he, he sort of went into it a little bit, but I can only imagine that um, given the, the neck dramas he's had in the past and then for him to have it again um, and now even that he might have to go in for more neck surgery, he's uh, mentally very, very strong and physically very, very tough. Um, he's going to be important um, for the for the Warriors in that big game against the Broncos, trying to contain the likes of, you know, Hass and Pat Carrigan uh, in their forward pack. Going to be a great game. Hopefully, hopefully the Warriors can play as well as they did against Newcastle. If they do that, then they'll give themselves a, a real big shake. Okay, the Twitter mailbag for this week. Jared wants to know whether the Knights would look at signing Alex Twal from... Uh, the West Tigers. Um, no. Jared, to be put it bluntly, the Knights have got, as I keep pointing out, the Knights have got two spots left in their roster for next year. And I think both of those will go to outside backs. So he won't be someone that they're looking at, I wouldn't think. Um, Nathan, will Newcastle make another play for Corey Oates? He isn't getting game time. Also, when will uh, Kai Pierce, paul and Will... Price arrived from the UK. Well, Nathan, can I tell you something? Newcastle hasn't made a play for Corey Oates. Corey Oates' manager has rung Newcastle and want, wanted to know whether they were interested. And when he mentioned that he was looking for a, a deal worth around 500000 that's where the conversation with the Knights finished. So unless Corey Oates came back to the Knights, you know, with a, with a more realistic... Um, Appetite, so to speak. Maybe, I don't know, early threes. They might be prepared to look at him at early 300,000. But um, other, I haven't heard any more there, so I would be stunned if there's a change there. As for um, Kai Pierce-Paul and Will Price, well, Kai Pierce-Paul plays for Wigan, who are, uh, they've got another round to go over there. Then they've got the finals in the English Super League. So... I guess it'll all depend on, depend on when he finishes. Wigan are coming first at the moment, so when he finishes, um, they've got to get a certain number of weeks off, I presume. But uh, Will Price, his team's finished. Huddersfield's finished. So I'm presuming he'll be here for the start of pre-season training, I guess, in November. I haven't asked, so I don't really know, but I would say that both will be here fairly early. They'll both want to get here fairly early, I would imagine, to start pre-season training with the club. Uh, Mike Skulls. What should the Knights do about the Braley situation? Only 38 games in four seasons at the club. Crosland absolutely killed it for us as the full-time nine. Do we look at moving Braley on because he is such a high-risk investment? Uh, look, Mike, the answer to that's no. Um, Braley has got two more years on his contract. Um, I'm not sure why anyone would think that... Um, well, Newcastle would be keen to move him on yet, but even if Newcastle were keen to move him on because he's a poor investment, I don't know whether there's another club out there that's going to say, okay, well, Newcastle think he's a poor investment, but we think that, you know, he's not. Um, he's had two knee reconstructions, had no luck at all. Clubs still um, 
regards him very, very highly to the point where they're going to send him to the US before Christmas um, to um, get some treatment, get some physio, get some uh, rehab done over there. Um, so there's no thoughts of, of moving Jaden Braley on, um, not at all. In fact, I'm there, you know, desperately hoping that he um, comes back better, bigger and better and stronger next year. Uh, as far as Phoenix Crossland goes, I totally agree. He's had a great season uh, filling in at number nine and establishing himself, you know, as a top quality hooker. So the fact is Newcastle will have two of those next year. Um, Phoenix comes off contract at the end of next year. So if if I was to um, – if, if I'm – uh, in charge of the Knights, I would be looking to re-sign Phoenix for another year after that, which would mean he and Jaden Braley would come off contract at the same time uh, at the end of 2025. And if they did that, then uh, then they might be able to make a decision one way or the other uh, on who who they stick with as the number one hooker going forward. That'd be what I'd be doing anyway, but we'll wait and see what happens there. Uh, Vittori. How long of an extension for Adam O'Brien? Question mark. How long of an extension for Adam O'Brien? I remember him talking about success, excuse me, in a press conference a while ago and how it's not just a straight line. You will have your peaks and dips. Highest peak the Knights have had for a while. Um, okay, that's an interesting question. I'm, it's It's been, I think, the media... One of the Sydney media had O'Brien being offered a, a two-year extension, so basically meaning he'd be um, coaching for the next three years. I don't think any discussion's been had. Well, Adam O'Brien admitted that after the game. There's been no discussion, no talk of an extension yet. They were waiting till afterwards. So any speculation is just purely speculation, someone writing something for the sake of it, really. Um, there's a possibility that the Knights would extend him out for another two years beyond next year. If, again, if I was in charge, I, I would be. I'd certainly be offering him an extension, but I'd probably only make it a one-year extension on top of next year. I'm not just not sure in this day and age, under the sort of pressure that coaches get put under with fans when things go wrong, and clubs having to pay out coaches for one or two years. I, I just don't know why anyone would feel the necessity to extend a coach out, you know, more or longer than they have to. As I said, I think Adam O'Brien's done a, f a fantastic job. Um, and I've never been one to question when every, everyone else was saying he should be sacked. I always thought it was premature. I think it's premature with a lot of coaches, um, you know, fans and even officials get under pressure and are very reactive um, to what's happening on the field. So, like I say, uh, um, Adam O'Brien, I would definitely extend him, certainly into 2025, uh, but I don't know that there needs to be an extension any further than that yet. Um, see how they go next year, then extend him again. Pretty pretty simple. Um, but you leave yourself open if you, if you start, you know, putting multiple years onto coaches and then all of a sudden things go belly up and you're left with a you know a big long bill to pay to pay a coach out um 
yeah, we'll wait and see uh, on that one. It won't surprise me if, if they extend him further. He certainly deserves an extension. I don't doubt that, but we'll wait and see how long it is. Uh, Connor, with the 10-game run and getting further than uh, most years, are the Knights potentially entering a premiership window? Connor, yes, I think they are. Um, next year will be interesting because they've lost some senior players. They've lost um, Lachlan Fitzgibbon. They've lost Kurt Mann as two of their senior players. Uh, that won't be here. Heimel Hunt's another one who won't be here next year. Um, and they're bringing a lot of young blokes into the system, into the senior system. So it's going to be interesting. But, I, mate, I, I don't see why they're not entering – or why they're, yeah, they're not entering a, a premiership window. Uh, you only got to look at the Warriors. The fact that, um, you know, they were r- right down the pecking order last year. And it doesn't take a whole lot to improve – and improve big time to put yourself in that situation. So that's what Newcastle should be looking at. They should be looking at um, a top four spot next year and and potentially challenging for the title. Um, remains to be seen if uh, you know if they can be that successful. Tom Binky, have you heard any names being mentioned for the final two squad spots for 2024? No, Tom, I haven't really. I think a lot of that's been parked. As far as the negotiations go, they're probably stepping up now that the Knights have finished. But given given everyone is so busy uh, or has been so busy um, with the team playing in the finals, I don't know that um, that negotiations with any players have, have been, um, you know, I, I know that they've sort of picked out some, out some players and you could only got to look at certain clubs and and uh, you'd probably come up with a few of the names that they might have jotted down. But as far as, you know, um, being in negotiations and being right in negotiations with anyone, I'm not sure, and I'm, I don't know that that's happening yet, but it probably will very shortly. Uh, uh, Anto Nice 8. <laughs> Anto Nice 8. Are the Knights going to sign a goal kicker? For 2024 season, um, no, no, they're not. And well, unless they come up with a winger that's a, a really good goal kicker as well. Carlin Ponga cops a fair bit for his goal kicking. He actually kicked at 77 percent this year. Um, he kicked at 82 percent back in oh, was it 2019. I think it was was his best year of goal kicking. But um, yeah, look, I think he can work on that. Uh, obviously, Jackson Hastings can work on his kicking if he can um, get his leg right. Jack Cogger can kick goals, one of their new signings. Um, Carlin Pong is, I think, you know, he, he's the guy that's um, got to spend some time on it. And at 77%, he doesn't have to improve too much more to be right up there ranking with among the top goal kickers in the comp. So I don't know that they should be just going out there willy-nilly to sign a goal kicker. But, hey, if they can come up with a winger, that can also kick well, then that's a bonus. Uh, the Axe of Drust, the good old Axe of Drust. Looking at our middle stats for the year, it's pretty pretty clear we need a foil for the Safidis, someone with strength and leg speed to come on and um, come on with, oh, sorry, come on and up the momentum. Does the club have an explosive middle on the 2024 shopping list? Well, the answer to that, Axe, is no, because they've, only got a couple of spots left for 2024, as I keep mentioning, and they're going to be outside backs. So, look, Jack Hetherington, I thought, had a really good back end of the season. 
he's a someone with leg speed. Um, I think with a big off season under his belt, he didn't have an off season this year. Uh, with a big off season under his belt, he's someone that can uh, that could fill that bill. And there is a young guy coming through. Um, and I don't like putting pressure on young guys, but this guy I I believe is is something special. His name's Paul Bryan. The only um, downside with Paul is he's missed this season. He's missed a whole year of footy because of a ACL operation in the in um, in the preseason or early in the preseason. I think it was in January he had it. But I'm told that um, he's back and looks strong, looks really big, he's put on some weight, um, hasn't played at all this year. They kept him out of probably end of season games he could have probably played a few at the back end of the season but they didn't think that it was worth it um with a big off season and a bit of luck um i think he's someone that could um really develop uh next year because he's he's someone who's who's um well he's very mobile he's a good footballer a really good footballer and i got um from what I've seen of him, I think he's he's potentially someone who's very good. I know Melbourne desperately tried to get him out and sign him uh, last season, get him out of Newcastle and couldn't do it. He wanted to stay. So hopefully uh, he has a bit of luck injury-wise and, and has a big year next year. Uh, Bare legs, is this the beginning of a new era or another false dawn? Oh, well, depends what colour glasses you got on bare legs, I suppose. Um, obviously everyone's hoping that the 10-game winning streak... Um, the team can build on that. I don't know that. I don't know why it would be a false dawn. Although, if you look at someone like the Cowboys, I guess who were had a fantastic season last year when everyone tipped them to to run last, they were fantastic and um, made it through to the I think the second round of the playoffs. Well, they were pretty poor this year most of the time, uh, or a lot of the time, uh, and didn't make the finals. So, it can happen. Newcastle's got to make sure it doesn't. Uh, Alex, do you think we're in a position to attract a star when one hits the market, or are we better off building through the juniors like Penrith did? Oh, look, Alex, at the moment, the Knights aren't in a position, uh, and probably won't be for the next couple of seasons, to you know chase a really big name because they're committed. They're, most of their salary cap is committed. So the idea is down the track... Um, is to have more juniors coming through. And that's what you will see next year because um, I think there's probably 10, 10 of the top 30 next year will be young blokes that haven't had a lot of experience in, in the NRL. Some of them haven't had any experience in the NRL, but most of them have, have had a little bit of experience, but not much. So that's what we'll be doing. That's what the team, that's what the club will be doing, trying to build underneath. Um, and maybe down the track in two or three more years, they might be in a position to chase someone of note from a rival club if um you know if if it's needed seems uh, to be kind of the story of the season really we've had a few people on this season have talked about building from the juniors and wow yeah look it, so i mean it, that's just the way it's got to got to go because yeah. um only way they can do it the only way to to be successful up here is how they were successful in the past mm. which was bringing local juniors through, developing them and, and getting them ready to play. There's no reason why Newcastle can't do what Penrith's done if they get the junior development right and the coaching and right. Some issue around like um, basically like shopping grounds kind of thing, like like 
our local area is yeah, a club or something yeah, like that. There is are that, some issues yeah. that Knights have taken their eye off that, you know, um, I guess when I say taking their eye off it, they, they took their eye off it when the NRL was in charge of them mm. and not spending a whole lot of money here. Yeah. Um, and some other clubs have come in and nabbed a few areas that Newcastle would, would you know, draw players from previously. But now they're talking about spending a whole lot more on junior development, putting extra people in there and, and uh, you know, coaching the coaches out there. Um, it won't happen overnight, but it is the ball is rolling in that regard, and I think we'll see the benefit of that over the next four or five years. Um, Scott Burton, I would like to see the Knights improve in the dark arts, the dark arts, <laughs> <laughs> as in slowing. He's he's um, qualified it for me, uh, slowing down the play of the ball and getting themselves fast to play the balls. Okay. Where do you think they need to improve in 2024? Well, hey, there's two areas that they do need to improve in. I don't doubt that. Um, winning the ruck. I don't know how many games the Knights have, have won the ruck this year, which is all about slowing the play of the ball and, and, and getting fast to play the ball. Simple as that. Look, there's a whole heap of areas the Knights um, can improve in. Their consistency, which they did at the back end of the season, obviously. Um but they've got to hit the hit the ground running. Uh, it's proven again that it's difficult to make the big end of season games outside the top four. So the Knights have got to hit the ground running so that they're not, you know, a long way behind mid season. Otherwise, um, they're just not going to get there. Um, and it's about being consistent over the whole season, not just the back end of the season. Um, but as far as improvement goes, well, I just think they just need to improve across the board. There's no real area that, um, that you know, they need to focus solely on. They just need to improve across the board, effort, everything. Um, and they've certainly got the players. They've proven that. They've got the players and the, the um, you know, the potential, the, the attacking ability uh, to, to win footy games. So we'll wait and see. Footy fan on the cans. Baz, surely there are some signings on the horizon. We seem to be losing a lot of players on decent coin like Dom and Fitzy and several other squad players but haven't heard much in the signing ranks apart from the English boys. Well, you need to get yourself a Herald subscription, footy fan on the cans. <laughs> because if you did and you were reading about all this then you would know what's going on as far as the signings go and, and what's happening they're promoting um, a whole heap of young kids into the top 30 um, which you've got to do otherwise you lose them um, and everyone bangs on in this town about Newcastle the Knights losing their local juniors and you can bet your life they'll bang on now about, oh, why have we got all these young blokes in the top 30 and we haven't got this position covered and that position covered? Well, you can't have both. <laughs> You've either got to give your young blokes a chance and promote them or you've thre- you um, risk losing them to rival clubs. So, Every day's a drama in rugby league. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, that's... Very subtle product placement there too, Baz. I'm, I'm very happy with that. <laughs> That's the situation. You, um, yeah, that's that's why there hasn't been a whole heap of new signings because um, they've promoted from within, and uh, obviously Jack Cogger is another signing. Um, who else is there? Uh, Cartwright, Jed Cartwright's another signing from Parramatta. You mentioned the two English boys. 
and uh, there'll be a lot of locals giving, uh, given an opportunity, or a lot of local juniors given an opportunity. Um, Alex McCormack, do some people literally ask the same, <laughs> the same question every week? Corey Oates, come on, yeah, Alex, we did we did answer the Corey Oates. It's question probably two or three times. I don't know how many times I've answered the Dom Young not backflipping. Qu- yeah, right. I'm surprised I haven't got a Dom Young question here. But anyway, <laughs> don't mention the war. Uh, uh, Daz Mackay, do you see Will Price as an option on the wing or the centres or an understudy to Ponga or Gamble in their positions? Uh, Daz, I don't know. It'll be a wait and see with Will Price. He's only a young kid. He's only 20, I think, or he might even, he probably might be 21 next year. Um, playing for Huddersfield, hasn't played all season and he's sort of been used in different roles. He's, he's got a bit of utility value, Will Price. And I just think that the Knights will give him a little bit of time to either find his best position or find, find his feet, as they did Dom Young when he first arrived, if you remember. It's, it's a... It's a you know, you got you got to acclimatise for a start to the, to uh, to the NRL or to Newcastle, and you've also got to um, yeah, it's a it's a step up, it's a step up coming from over there to here. So anyone out there th- expecting Will Price and Kai Pierce Paul to come over here and just dominate the NRL from from day dot is is having themselves on. So um, they'll need a little bit of time to find their feet, and the coaches will need a little bit of time to. Uh, you know, to, particularly in Will Price's uh, situation, to find his right position and where he's best utilised. So it's a wait and see with him. Um, Rob, did Jacko re-break his leg? Talking about Jackson Hastings. Yes, Rob, he did. He's back in hospital uh, for another operation on his leg. He, I don't, I'm not sure how long he's been carrying a bit of a small fracture in his leg. Probably um, he had a couple of weeks off. Then he played against the Raiders um, probably shouldn't have played against the Raiders. Well, obviously shouldn't have played against the Raiders because I would imagine that he's, um, the break was already there. Um, so he's having more surgery. Hopefully they'll do a good job and he gets a little bit more time um, to recover and uh, he's back on deck for the start of next season. But we'll wait and see on that one. Uh, Tom Hagen, the Meriscone. Hey, Tom. I can already see the eye, eyes Oh, sorry, the eye roll coming. Oh, good on you, Tom. <laughs> what are you suggesting, Tom, that every time you ask a question, I roll my eyes? Um, okay, here it is. Do you think Jacko is a lock-in to start at seven in 2024 with the form of Cogger at what I assume is a lower price point? Uh, Gamble, Phoenix, Brails to come back. I hope it brings the best out of the whole squad. Well, that's what it's all about, Tom as you know, is having some depth and, you know, having players that can put pressure on um, the guys in the top grade. I, I guess it, from Hastings's point of view, it all hinges on how he comes back from his surgery. Um, you would presume that he will be back, and if he's back and he's fit, then he'll be the starting number seven. I don't doubt that in round one, but it, it hinges on his recovery and how his leg is. Certainly uh, Jack Cogger's form in the... F- for for Penrith this season, but particularly in the finals when he played filled in at five eight, um, has been he's been terrific. So he's going to be a good signing. So he's going to put some pressure on. He's going to put some pressure on uh, Jacko. He's going to put some pressure on Gamble. 
Phoenix and Braley will be putting pressure on each other. You need that sort of um, yeah, de- depth so that you get the best out of your whole squad, as you've pointed out. Thanks uh, for the um, feature for Season 5, by the way, Tom. That's going to be great. We'll go to the bunker in the eye roll cam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Callum McGregor, what do you think the Knights have to do to take the next step? Bring on 2024. Also, thanks for all your coverage. Uh, Callum, um, oh, look, they just have to um, take the next step. I, I, I guess they just have to – well, they've, fa- they've found – They've found a position, you know, they've raised the bar to a level that they have now. Now they've got to not only maintain that level, but they've got to jump, jack it up a bit higher. Um, so that needs improvement across the board for that to happen. Um, and I think, you know, I think they've got, I, I seriously think the Knights have got the players um, and the strike to be able to do that. But, We'll wait and see. It all hinges on how they come out of the blocks next year, hopefully better than how they came out of them this year. Um, Knight, 97. Surely we are in the market for decent forwards. Oh, look. Um, No, we're not Knight, 97. Not really um, because there's no room, as I've just alluded to. Okay, last one from Kane. KJ, call me Joey Shakespeare. No, I need a character count check. That's that's more than 120. <laughs> You're just trying to cheat at Scrabble, mate. Well, Come I, on. I actually had to um, press on his press on him in in the Twitter to actually oh, yeah? see because I I think it only got to I'm not sure whether it got to call. So it was only Kane KJ call. That was it. That was it. I thought there's got to be more to it than that. And there was. Call me Joey Shakespeare. How are you, Kane? Kane's from Maitland, I think, uh, from memory serves me right. If we have another false dawn next season, surely everyone will be calling for O'Brien's head again. Well, that's the nature of the beast, Kane. I don't doubt that that's probably right. If if Newcastle starts next season and and loses, you know, six of their first seven or seven of their first eight, you can bet your life there's going to be some people out there saying, we've got to get rid of the coach because that's just the nature of the beast and which is why I suggested before that when you're looking to upgrade coaches, do you really have to put, give them an extra three or four years when, you know, things can happen and and the pressure comes? Um, anyway, that's a very negative way of looking at it, Kane, to be honest. Um, <laughs> they've just come off a really good end, end of the season um, and there's all sorts of promise for next year. So hopefully... We won't have anyone calling for O'Brien's head next year because uh, that'll mean that um, the Knights are having a good year. But it all, you know, all boils down to wait and see. Okay, that's it. That's it. Done. We're done. Another one down. Whether it's actually a hundred and I had a look this morning, a hundred and seven. Seven. Yeah, yes. that sounds right. Yep. This is number thirty-one for this year. Whether it's the last one for this year, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm waiting on a call from someone that we might be able to get on next week. Oh. Um, which will be, if, if it happens, will be the last one uh, for the season. Um, but we'll wait and see. That's, That's a good teaser too. Jesus, Pass, you're doing my job for me. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if it is the last one this week, uh, thanks very much for everyone who listened. Um, and if it's not, well, we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.